0: Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back again. Uh, I'm going live again today. Uh, Welcome back to the NY Patriot Show. Today, uh, well right now, very special guest, somebody that I've had on a few times, somebody that I've listened to in the past uh, for years, and somebody I always give credit to for one of the reasons why I even left the O.T.O., was because of this man. So it means a lot to me when I get to have him on my show because, uh, well, for one, I think the work he does is amazing. He's a true investigator. And he helped me uh, stop drinking the Kool-Aid myself. So uh, here we are with uh, William Ramsey, and we're going to talk about the uh, Smiley Face Killers for a little bit. But first, uh, William, why don't you just let everybody know who you are in case they haven't heard of you yet and where they can find your stuff.
1: It's great to be back with you, New York Patriot. And you've been on my show too. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to uh, always be with you and talk with you. It's, I always find it very worth, worthwhile. Yes. Thank I you. am kind of started, I wrote my first book in 2010, Prophet of Evil. And I always was trying to do research. I was angry with the corporate media and kind of the shallow stuff. So I really tried to become, I didn't know I was going to create William Ramsey Investigates, which is really my. Um, my website now and kind of became an independent investigative journalist, but I was just, dis- I had a lot of distaste for the kind of what was being tabandied about in the culture, superficial. So I really wanted to kind of see stuff myself. So my first book was Prophet of evil. Then I wrote a book about the West Memphis three, cause they were ignoring all the occultism and still kind of ignoring it to this day. I wrote children of the beast to follow up on Prophet of evil, which was Alistair Crowley's influence on society I did a smaller work, which is Alistair Crowley, a visual study, which is really just kind of much easier to kind of digest. Crowley, not a lot of the words, but you can kind of see all the pictures that are associated with him. It's a lesser known book of mine. I also put out Global Death Cult last year, which Mm -hmm. is about the far right, the Nazi occultist far right. So I kind of have that. uh, I can't get away from that (laughs) subject matter, the occult, (laughs) because it's really we're swimming in the occult. Like, oh, I I started right. So, yeah. so and, and the people don't acknowledge it. The, the, the corporate media doesn't acknowledge it. But then in the interim, it was really during my research into Children of the Beast where I saw this smiley face. It was associated with Alan Moore and the Watchmen, which very occult. I didn't really understand the Watchmen very much or Alan Moore until I got into him when he said half of my work, I'm working as a sorcerer or a magi- ceremonial magician. So then it made sense. So I was watching that and I'd remember I'd heard this urban myth of the smiley face killers. Mm -hmm. And I'd just been, I'd heard it actually, we've talked about the pre-show. It was George Knapp talking with this woman. I won't mention her name. I know her name, but I had heard it on coast to coast. And it just was where, you know, it just went to the back of my mind, but what brought it to the forefront was my research into Crowley and the occultism. I kept seeing the smiley face in the culture and the shows and, um, Fight Club has the smiley face featured and actually in the featurette at the beginning of the DVD, you'll see a smiley face. So i was wondering, what is this? And is the smiley face killers a urban myth or is there something to it? And then I read Gilbertson and Gannon's book, which mm-hmm. is Case Studies in Forensic Drownings. That was kind of the guys who formulated it. Now, that but book. I should I keep going. I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Right? Now, just real quick. Do you think that book is is better than
0: watching the series? Like, does it have a lot more stuff in it? I think you
1: get, you get the idea that they're looking at it through kind of criminal procedure. Like they're looking at it in a very detailed academic way, I would say. Mm -hmm. So they have all the GFB, GHB readings, times, dates, data. So I think it's worthwhile to get an introduction. I think there's only 14 cases in that original book. Uh, so it, this case, these cases are over 300 or something like yeah, that now. It's a ridiculous amount. But so I think it's worthwhile to look at. I think that they, the shortcoming of the oxygen series that they did was only six cases, which five were from the original book, and then it was Dakota James is the one they added into it. I think they're both were worthwhile, but I don't think that they, the way that they've put the information out to the public, showed the enormity of this phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it was a little little downplayed, kind of.
1: And I think that it's there's a lot of stuff that happens in the productions of these shows that involve producers. I know that was a Blumhouse production, the Oxygen series. So that's, a, I think, a pretty legit uh, entertainment company. And maybe they had a lot of meddling or something to do with it. So, yeah. and, I've, and what I was getting to, really, is I've made two documentaries so far on the subject. I had a three-and-a-half-hour one that I put out in 2017, which you can watch on Vimeo. I have My five videos are on Vimeo. And then I followed up with the global, uh, the global slaughter continues, which was, I think in 20, 2020. So it's, I just show a lot of the cases. My, the goal of the second documentary was to really show this phenomenon is happening, um, at, in uh, different countries. And people don't know about it because of language barriers. And, uh, so.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's, it, it is happening in other countries besides the United States. Correct.
1: No question. And, and, uh, there's a lot in France, actually. I found really? a lot of cases in France. Yeah, Netherlands, Germany, Austria. There are some weird cases in Thailand. And really the phenomenon of the smiley face killers is the young man is out at night at a bar, disappears, gets separated from friends. And they're not, they don't find him right away. Some of these cases, they're not found for 40 days or even a month. And they're usually found in water and nobody knows. They just assume they're drowned. Right. So that that is it. And they, re- they got its name, the Smiley Face Killers, from Gilbertson and Gannon, who associated the use of this graffiti, the Smiley Face, with these disappearances. So that's that's really the original name. So it's kept that name and people it's just easier to use because you know what you're talking about. But it's really a factual uh, uh, understanding of this is really Men disappearing at night to later be found dead in water—that's the phenomenon.
0: Now, when those guys started looking into it, that was a lot of. Um, if I remember correctly, well, you would know—you'd be the man to ask. Isn't there a lot of actual in New York itself? Because, like, those guys, yes. I think were from New York. Isn't there a lot of cases yes. in New York? Absolutely.
1: New York's an epicenter. Boston is an epicenter. And then Gilbertson worked. I think he was in La Crosse, Wisconsin. He was a professor of criminality, criminology, or criminal procedure, something like that. But uh, the real first thing that got uh, Gannon's attention was this young kid who disappeared. He was a, it was a McLean or he's usually kind of talked about as victim zero in the late nineties. He was going to Fordham. He was at a bar and they cover this in their book. He was at a bar, came out, was stumbling, threw up, car was following him. Fordham was North of where he was on Manhattan. And then he was found far South uh in a water treatment facility i can't remember what it was like two weeks later and then so that was kind of the first phenomenon and it was very interesting because it wasn't until 10 years later that his parents got the autopsy and the infamous uh uh, forensic pathologist cyril wecht looked at that autopsy Mm -hmm. and said this guy had marks like somebody was hitting him with a ball peen hammer and he was burned from the waist up as if he was kept in a chair. And so that was kind of the idea that the, he was taken somewhere and tortured or, you know, something horrible happened to him. So that's kind of like, it's actually a good example of these cases because not often does the actual evidence come to the public's mind. So some of these drownings, the cops may have this evidence of torture, abuse, or something like that, but it's not released because it's part of the, Investigation. So this guy was one of the one, and there was another one in Minneapolis, Chris Jenkins, where they got the autopsy and something skeezy was going on. Uh, and another one that, was that I followed closely, which was in the oxygen series, is Dakota James, which uh, happened in Pittsburgh, where Cyril Wack lives, who I've interviewed. If you want to listen to my interview with him, oh, nice. He's really one of my heroes. I love I love Cyril Wack. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. He's, yeah, I like him. He's a great. He's really a great person. Uh, Super tell he has a law degree and a medical degree. Like, oh wow. It's hard to just get one of those. Yeah, degrees. He he got, just it's just one. He's got both. Superhuman. Uh anyway, <laughs> he looked at the death of Dakota James. I have a picture of it. It was on my old social media, but he clearly uh Cirowex saw that he had a rope around his neck. He was missing for 40 days. And when they found him, he the body should have the body should have um it should have been in really bad shape. Bodies. You know, when you die, you uh, your body falls falls apart. His body was not falling apart. You can see the picture of Dakota James when he was found forty days in the Ohio River. He looked like he jumped in yesterday. <laughs> I so think, where was Dakota James for forty days? I think in, in the, why did he have uh, a rope around his neck? Why why wasn't this published? Why wasn't the fact that Cyril Weck found a rope around his neck not major league new, major news in Pittsburgh or globally? Why? Why do you have a guy who is a forensic pathologist in Pittsburgh, who's from China, who never reported that? I mean, there's a lot. There's so many problems. So, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, was, anyway. So those even... are those are some of those cases. But, but going back to the original case that Gilbert and Gatkin was in New York, it's a hot spot. There's been other people like the the mob used to dump people in water too, right? They used mm-hmm. to throw them in the water. So this phenomenon isn't something that just happened with, you know, it, it's not something that just happened, but it's specific. Late nineties to the present.
0: Huh. I know. Uh, <clears throat> I think I had even seen like when you were talking about being in the water for that long, I think they didn't they even do like some kind of testing to even show, like I didn't they use like a pig and, and kept it in the water for a certain amount of time to show like what a body should have looked like after a certain certain days in the water and they're like this kid does not this kid was not in the water that long it's impossible
1: and it's in case studies in forensic drowning gilbertson again's book of all these details of what happens the problem is is that these deaths a lot of them they haven't been proved to be drowning they're just found or or something like that
0: wasn't there even so and i think
1: in gilbertson again and they showed that some of these like one of the guys uh i can't remember his name offhand he was frozen and was thawed out in the water So why was he frozen? That's like the ice killer, right? Richard Kuklinski, right? You're in the New York greater metro area, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Queens, yeah. So, like, Kuklinski, that's how he fooled the the cops and the forensic investigators. He would take the bodies and shove them in a freezer for a while, right? That's how he got his nickname. So why is somebody doing this in these cases? I think his name was Nate Kapfer, K-A-P-F-E-R. So,
0: you know. I was watching some stuff last night and you, you you even mentioned like some of these cases, how they don't make sense. Uh, There's like even parents that are even like complaining, saying like, there's like so much stuff that seems so weird about this case. And like, you're not saying anything about it or doing anything about it. They're just like, Oh yeah. Like, but like, like stuff like very, very weird things. Like even the water in their lungs, I don't think matches where they were at to begin with. Wasn't there a case like that too? That's
1: right. Yeah. There's one that (laughs) he had, I think it was salt water in his lungs, and he was in fresh water. Yeah, like yeah, it was so something to that. Point there's all co- there's, there's a lot of anomalous stuff in these cases, and the parents. Uh, due the the Chris Jenkins case in Minneapolis, they actually changed it from accidental death to homicide, due to the mother's involvement. Jane, I think it named Jean Jenkins. She actually wrote a book. I I talked to her, and Ed interviewed her on the Opperman report, uh, so people can go listen to that on Opperman. And, it's Jan Jenkins. Can't foot, I can't remember what the name of the book is, but she wrote about that, and she was pretty tireless. And she's on the record. Um, some of the Dakota James's mother was in the Oxygen series. She fought all the way. She went into a meeting with, I think, the head of the police, and the, There was it was very fascinating because the FBI and the Secret Service were there. Wow. So why is the FBI and the Secret Service in with the mother of the victim? And those are really the kind of the first cases that really, just to get got me involved in the thing where I went from uh, urban myth to this is real is Dakota James and the earlier one before that the guy's name was Joey Labute in Columbus Ohio, and so I followed I followed the disappearance of Joey Labute I said if this guy's found in water I'm gonna freak out he was missing he was in a bar he was gay which is there's a preponderance of that dakota james is also gay so that's kind of what led my thinking into this being part of kind of a maybe a subculture mm-hmm. but and like an snm sub- subculture which you can see that in my first film but joey labute i said if he's gonna be found in water he's found in the seota river 19 days later in a previously searched area so you see that phenomenon as well that these are heavily searched when these people disappear, their loved ones come into town. They drive into town. They put up missing. These are all the same phenomenon. Driving to town, missing person phenomenon played on the local TV. Where's this person? Search team, search parties in the water, and then they're not. And then they're they're not found, and then they mysteriously just show up. Yeah, two weeks later or something like that. Yeah, the a place that they that they search, they'll just show up like right previously searched. There's another good example of that is a guy who disappeared out of Philadelphia, Manny Yunk which was uh, he was at a bar. He didn't drink too much. And they're not all drunk. Some of these people are clearly buzzed, but they're not like falling down drunk. I wish I could remember his last name. It was like Chamberlain or something like that. But they checked. They, the river was their first suspicion of where he, he went missing as he fell into the water. And it was only about waist deep, this river. So they could get the searchers and just walk, five guys, all the way down the river. They found his car keys, but they didn't find him. And then he showed up in that river three weeks later. Wow. Previously searched. So they found his car keys. They did it. And that's in my first documentary. So how do you explain that in a previously searched area? And then not a very, like some of these rivers are not like, it's not like the Colorado river or something, it's slow streams and weird things. Like you could, if you fell in, you would just pop back out. That's wild. So there's tons of cases where that happens, where these are like, not even, they're not even really profoundly dangerous. Bodies of water, but these guys are falling in, and then, uh, you know, supposedly not getting out. That's that kind of allays the whole notion of like accidental drowning is like. Well, to you me, you have to be totally incapacitated. To me, that someone took his keys,
0: tossed them in the river, so he couldn't get away, and then took him somewhere, and then dropped him back off dead. there, Unfortunately, that's yeah. probably exactly what happened. They tossed his keys and and swiped them up. That's horrible.
1: There was yeah, one. That's kind of yeah, sorry.
0: sorry. Well, uh, there was one I even saw, you probably know the name, uh, maybe. one uh, Wasn't one of them even, like, so that supposedly drowned actually, like, in the swimming team? Like, at school?
1: Right, yeah. Like, they were like, they were like no, our, Dakota, son, our son, was Dakota not gonna... James was in, Dakota James was in his high school swimming team.
0: Yeah, and his parents were like, no, like, he didn't drown. This kid was, like, in a swimming team.
1: Yeah. And, and then... he wasn't a heavy drinker. He wasn't a heavy drinker. Uh, Shane Montgomery was the guy's name in Maniunk. He was at the Skewkill River. It was uh, January 3rd, 2015. So you can look up the whole story of Shane Shane Montgomery. Uh, Dakota James is a very important case for a wide variety of reasons, not just the involvement of his mother and uh, Cyril Wecht. But there's a really good article that's on the Daily Beast about his abduction prior to his death. So there was another incident that he had where he called a friend and says, I don't know where I am. Can you come pick me up? He was terrified and he was at a hotel. There was a black car, like a, like you would rent a limo or something like a black car. And he'd had no recollection of that thing. He was at a bar. So time for three hours or something that was gone. So it was almost like a dry run for his abduction. And, uh, I remember it's uh, the author's name is Nicole Weisenzie Egan, E-G-A-N. And she's actually, yeah. You know, anyway, that's a really important article. It was published in the daily beast and she's follows them too. So there's a lot of people fall. When I found, when I started researching it, I ran into other investigators. I tried to get in touch with Gilbertson again and, Yannin. Was, was that the, you know. the case? Yeah, right.
0: Was that the case when I, I think there might be a case where somebody actually even made a phone call and somebody kind of came out to come look for them.
1: Yes, that's true. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of One, and like
0: just didn't find them and then found out they were supposedly Yeah, found-
1: his name was that was a Boston case and it was his girlfriend. His name. Yes, Holly, you're right.
0: You're right. Yeah, he called his girlfriend
1: and he was calling. He'd come out of TD Garden. He was in an underground thing. Said, yeah, I'm right here. You know, and then she showed up and he was missing. He was never found. Then he was found in the St. Charles River. And he, uh, he was one of the original 14 cases that Gilbertson and Gannon studied. So uh, what was his name? It was uh, Holly or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of these cases. They're not, you don't, one of the things that you don't see is like, oh yeah, I saw so-and-so he went and took his clothes off and jumped in the water and we saw him swimming and then we didn't see him anymore. So, like, there's no witness of that person, like, doing something crazy. Like, oftentimes in drownings, you know, this person got in the pool. Somebody saw him get in the pool. That that's an absence. There's an omission of that happening. All these cases, nobody says, "Oh yeah, he he ran, he left the party drunk, and said he was going to go swimming."
0: Yeah, I think there so was. I think
1: that's very telling in itself.
0: Yeah, there was one that I think uh, I saw recently too. Uh, I was going through some of them because I knew you were coming on, but
1: I I forgot all the names. William Hurley was his name. You can look up the William Hurley case. Sorry, that was the Boston case.
0: I think there was one that the kid might have been... I forgot. Maybe went away in college, but like where he came from, I don't think... His parents, I think, literally said he's never once been in water. Like They were like, I don't even think he's ever swam before. They're like, why would he have chosen to just jump in? They're like, that would just make no sense. He would never do that.
1: Right. It's very weird. There's actually... Since COVID has let up, these cases have started again. There's a hot spot in Chicago right now, and like three African-American guys have disappeared. One is Jelani Day, I think was his name. And there's been some in London again, more of these cases in London. And there may be kind of somebody using this MO as kind of like a racial animus. And actually, one of the cases of the disappearances, this is just in the last couple of months, Benjamin Crum, I think, is an African-American activist, lawyer, who's involved in one of these cases. So they retained kind of a well-known public figure, one of these families. I can't remember his name. There's so many names. I can't remember his name. But this is happening in Chicago. It's definitely a hot spot, too. So these big urban areas, uh, you got to really watch out. And a lot of these guys exhibit very strange behavior, behavior as if they were drunk. Or spiked with GHB, like things that they're out of the ordinary, like fighting with the bouncers or things that, like, oh, he's just started acting really strange. And uh, and you can look at it in the larger context of people getting drugged at bars, because in LA, it's a huge problem. Even just in, where I live in LA, there's all kinds of stories of women and men getting drugged. And, it, you know,
0: well, GHB was found thinking. in some
1: of them, weren't that? Wasn't that? Yeah, correct. Lots. Yeah. Uh, Benjamin Crump, poverty pimp, Jonah says. Yeah. Like, Crump. I guess that's the right name. You know what? Uh, you can look up Crump and see what his Chicago case you Now you can figure out that name, but it is interesting that some famous people are associated with these cases, like Sarah uh, What.
0: Now, I think there was a. Uh, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. There was a case. That, oh, uh, fuck it. There was a case that I came across too that I thought was was wild, and now I can't remember which what it was. <laughs> damn, sorry, Ramsey. Totally had there a all, there's a lot of crazy ones. Yeah, and it there's was some one that aren't oh, even
1: categorized oh. in this, this whole had to so, do with the music and the bars
0: and stuff. I started thinking about, um, there was one that I saw where I think when they were looking for the kid, it hit his scent and kind of ended up like at a house that was like a band player from the bar that the kid was at and they didn't investigate anything.
1: Right. No, no that sounds familiar. There was one called Tommy Booth who was one of the main early cases and that was in Philadelphia and he was at a bar and the guy at the bar of that night was wearing a smiley face shirt and he was telling his parents, I don't like this crowd I'm dealing with. He disappeared. He was searched all the way. There was a small kind of river behind the uh, bar and they were searched there. And eight days later, he shows up in that river face down. He's not even submerged. He's just showed up. He just magically appeared and they said that he wasn't dead more than 48 hours. So he was kept alive. So that's another element, they're kept alive somewhere. That's true. And, uh, that's true. It's like a lot of them don't and even. For the second. The time of death doesn't sorry. match
0: how long they've been gone too sometimes,
1: right? right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So there's there's clear, and that's the whole thing of Dakota James. I can pull up that picture. I don't know if I can share it. Yeah, but you can. I mean, it's pretty graphic, but I'll show it to you. Do you want to see it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I've probably uh, seen it already.
1: I'm trying to uh, One of the other cases that I followed, uh, Because I do a kind of offender typology, like who could be doing this? And a lot of serial killers have been caught. Mm. And some people have been caught. But one was a guy in London who was a gay-motivated serial killer. He was called the Grinder killer because he would find his victims through gay apps. And uh, I can't remember his name off the top. But there was another interesting, fascinating case that I covered, which I don't even know if the guy's been censored yet, but his name was Katunsky outside of uh, Lansing, Michigan. And he was a really strange person. Like something from like, uh, just the like the Silence of the Lambs or something. He was, <laughs> no, get this. The hell's he way? was a straight guy with four kids who became a gay prostitute. What? Like, and he was selling himself on gay websites. How
0: does that happen?
1: And he was educated. So he had kind of a, a BS, like a science Bachelor of Science degree in like chemicals or something but the reason this <laughs> case is chemicals. easy to remember is because the person who went missing had the name Kevin Bacon just like the actor he had the same name as Kevin Bacon he went missing and the actual real actor Kevin Bacon used his social media said hey this guy's missing and the cop these these were super competent cops like i even remember his name is kaiser because they were really i don't know if they listened to my show or i don't know but they did excellent work cuz they traced this Kevin Bacon guy to Katunsky's house. And Ketunsky's like, yeah, I have no idea who he is. No no clue. Do you guys mind if we search around? And I think so. They searched around. They went downstairs. And they found a fake room with a dungeon and the body of Kevin Bacon hanging upside down dead. And the dude had eaten his oh, testicles. shit. That's a true story. So they were, ah. the cops were smart enough to go, there's something really suss here. So they found the fake room. And the, the fascinating thing about that case, this was 2020 before uh, COVID or 2019. Ah. This was after my first documentary where I surmise or deduce that these guys are being taken somewhere and tortured in dungeon rooms. And that's on the cover of my first documentary is the torture. And in that sequel, it goes back, it gets really deep into the occult. But it goes back to a guy who's an illuminate of Than- Thanateros, and his name is Peter Christopherson. He was in the underground. He was in a part of this band called Coil, which is like mm-hmm. coiling up the spirit, or um, what do they call that, you know, in, in yoga. Uh, anyway. Yes, yes. <clears throat> uh, but he did this video for Nine Inch Nails, and it portrayed this death of abduction and death that almost follows the smiley face killer. But at the end of this thing, they're forcibly drowning the victim. It's really incredible. So they're forcibly drowning him in some down downstairs dungeon or something. It was super dark. Um, so I don't know if the cops knew that, but for some reason they they surmised they did a, gr- a really great job and caught that guy. And I think they only busted him for one murder. So he could have been a serial killer. I don't know. Katunsky, look him up. Wow, that's... uh... yeah. So these are all crazy cases. So I do like an offender typology. Stephen Port was the other guy's name who was the homosexual killer in London, outside of London. And he had tons of bodies. He was faking people. And it shows to go into the kind of M.O., is that they're trying to show... they, They murder them, but they're trying to show the police that it's fake. So he actually put his bodies into a church courtyard and had them write fake suicide notes and letters to their parents to... Turned them off the scent. The fact that he was the one who was drugging them with GHB, he had tons of GHB, and they used to oh, use wow. the GHB as a,
0: oh definitely. as a drug. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah too.
1: yeah. So they didn't use it just to. It was something in their, like <laughs> their drug habit. So they would use. I mean, so if you gave somebody like, hey, you want some drugs? Take half of this. But if you give them four doses, they're gone, right? So I mean, somebody might be doing that too. So Stephen Port Katunsky. There's so many cases. So there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Do you you ever think um, at one point I
0: started wondering about like the bars and stuff like that? Like if it's, you know, you could easily be like a traveling bar band and like you like there's no connection. You have no connection to that area except for that you're playing there. Like, and if you're moving around, I've often wondered, like, could could it even be people associated with that?
1: You People know, like, have surmised like carnivals traveling. Yeah. I mean, don't you think those guys do that because they some criminals want to do that because they're moving from jurisdiction to jurisdiction? They know it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think so I've they, said that to you before. When we were covering, when me and Lux were covering the Shriner series, there was just um, and we even noticed it with bands that were, and I don't want to, oh god, I don't want to get a strike for saying this. Bands that were associated with comic ping pong. You'd get bands like oh, that that do tour around the country. They just don't play at that one bar. You know, did you ever, th- you know, and some bands that were into Shrinerism that I've seen that are associated with comic ping pong, like for all you know, like they could be doing whatever they do on their little shitty bar tours and swiping people up. You, ha- I have no idea, but like I could see that being a possibility or as a means to do it and not get caught.
1: Right. Well, look at this guy, coil, Peter Christofferson, constantly traveling constantly yeah. going from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, totally heavily occult, totally a, a homosexual, liked men. Oh, that movie, that movie he theme. did
0: was really occult too.
1: Oh, it's super cool. Yeah. Right? I actually he never seen, heard of that. I show in my documentary, him. I show in my documentary, this guy was totally networked. He did so many videos for famous bands like Rage Against the Machine, Hanson of all people. If you still see those videos today. Go watch, uh, Bulls on Parade. That's Peter Christopherson. So totally mobile, super smart guy. His dad was a professor at a college. Um,
0: Yeah, I I had you on for him, and that's right. I was like Hanson. Holy crap, he did. He directed like a Hanson video. You're right. Crazy. (laughs) And like all all kinds of
1: really uh, avant garde type stuff.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. He was definitely. He definitely had some weird stuff though. For real. Right. He was. And you know what? In my opinion, a lot of his stuff to me looked thelemic inspired or.
1: Oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, he was. He had there's a there's a sequence. I think I showed in my movie where he's talking about Aleister Crowley, and he had one of Aleister Crowley's art piece art pieces on his wall, like properly framed. So these guys were thelemic. Coyle is no doubt thelemic, and and Crowley, they knew a lot about Crowley, but they knew a lot about other stuff too. So they were they thought they were gods. Their their bodily effusions were sacred. Of, like, cruelly, like, they just thought all that stuff, so they, they emulated Crowley in a lot of that's a lot of those ways.
0: Yeah, I remember just looking at it like for what I did before uh, I had you cover him, I was like, Oh, I could see the thalemic ties already, it's quite obvious to me. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but yeah. so now, now, didn't you uh cover was it you who that kind of thought that the order of nine angles might have been a little bit involved with some of them?
1: Well, I never made that connection. I never could have any conclusive evidence okay. or all facts. Right. What happened is like, my research has gone through stuff like you got to check out Boston's mysterious drowning men by Elias Yeager. Her blog is than to quarter. It went step by step. Then I ran into Jim Smith. He taught me so much about all these other cases to me. He's the most important smiley face killers studier because he amassed all these cases. Gilbertson, and again, and keep all of their cases close to their to their chest like cards in a poker game. So I don't know what kind of other um, t- uh, other kind of graffiti or names that they have that maybe we don't. But Jim Smith publishes oh, wow. all that stuff on Twitter, so you can go check him out. So he taught me tons of cases, these weird, even stranger cases. So then somebody came forward and looked at my cases. His name was Igor Sarsky. He says, you've ever heard of the order of nine angles? And I said, well, somebody's told me about it, but why would I want to know? They talk about going out at night and killing people. Okay, well, that's what's happening in the smiley face killings. So then that was a whole nother level of research. I did not know about the order of nine angles, which led to my most recent book, Global Death Code. So that was kind of in it. I never found anything, but they, I mean, they have this, even their members. This one guy Fleming, who's been arrested. They talk about driving into another town, causing chaos, and leaving at night. Right? Like, well, he, there's a story about him. He's a, he talks about doing that. There's a story, and they have kind of like Aesop fables in their right. They're very smart. Whoever put together the LNA, it was somebody of high intelligence. Um, but they, they, so like, instead of like Aesop's fable tells you a story, but they have something like that in their writings where it's clearly fiction, but they're trying to impart data and facts and how to do stuff. And one of their stories, which I included Uh in the book was about a guy going and, you know, I don't know if he murdered somebody and drove off in his motorcycle so he wouldn't get caught. So a lot of their stuff is about selecting an offer and killing them and not getting caught. Right. So that's the LNA. I have no, I know that the ONA there is an association with the smiley face, but it's not huge, it's not predominant, but they have an oral history, A-U-R-A-L, like it's words spoken in between. So there's stuff that may not even be public, but yeah. I've never been made a tie between them and any of these deaths. Not factually okay. or evidentiary. This is very important because I'm not making that allegation. Oh, okay. I've asked All that right. question. All right, Cause some people have put words in my mouth. It's very, actually, I just they, did it's it now. very I'm not saying, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, that's good. you can get me in Street. trouble because, <laughs> but I would say, I never said that you said that. So what would happen is if they sued me, you would end up getting sued. I'm not saying you're going to get sued, but really? I'm just saying, I, I don't have those facts and evidence. So yeah. I've never made that in my books. I have one line where I said, is there a connection? Between this and because my book really, there is a connection with all kinds of other crimes, the ONA, that don't have anything to do with the smiley face killers because they're just they that's their kind of bag is to be criminals. So that's the steps in the understanding of how this comes. And the, and actually, one of the most, I would say, very fascinating things about the ONA and possible SFK stuff is this this uh, video called Bad Habits. Uh, have you seen the Bad Habits video? No, no. Oh yeah, you you should pull it up and watch it. It's really a very clever um, depiction of what I think is all O N A doctrines and principles. So you've got vampirism, you have nightlife, you have the smiley face, you've got the scrunching, you've got uh, the gr- group group dynamics. You oh, is this that have...
0: Ed Sheeran song?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Go watch see, it. Go yeah, watch the video. Can see it. It's got it's, a butterfly so he's on He's talking it. <laughs> his bad habits. So he's he's really talking about himself as a serial killer. I'm with somebody Yo, I hardly know. Wild. This won't be the last one. Oh, man. You probably know. I mean, you go listen to this. Doc, and then the sun comes up and he becomes a new person. So in the ONA, I don't know how much you remember or know, but you're supposed to become kind of possessed. You're supposed to presence these dark gods in yourself, so you actually become like I don't screw around with that stuff. Yeah, you become somebody else, and then you can get rid of that persona. Yeah, I've I've even yeah,
0: I've I've heard that. Supposedly, you know, there's little things that I've heard. uh, You know, and I even knew somebody who was into that stuff, but wasn't even associated with the order. So I can't even say it's the order. There was somebody I knew that had told me that um that was supposedly practicing this stuff. I kind of knew them. They were somebody who visited the OTO. They weren't a member. They just came to an open thing. I happened to keep in touch with them. Um, They were into that stuff, and they they said stuff about, like, taking on a different persona for, like, a full year straight, and this person did, like, some of the magic they did do was to be, like, you know, harm people, like, seriously. Right.
1: I think you told me when we first met, I remember you telling me, like, the ONA, like, these guys talked about killing people. Like, that's what set them apart, and that's what their doctrine set them apart from other occultists. Like it sets them apart from the Temple of Satan, Church of Set, or what Church of Satan, Temple of Set, and Crowley, and the OTO. Uh, so, oh yeah, <laughs> it depends how serious you are in there. I, you know, it's just like anybody. You can say you're whatever, a Muslim, Christian, Jew, but how are you? How much of that doctrine do you actually do? Yeah, like that's yeah. a question for everybody. Like, oh yeah, I'm Jewish, but you talk to some Jewish Jews, and they're pretty secular and then there's some are like super orthodox
0: oh so, yeah yeah totally like if different.
1: you're an orthodox ona member you've killed somebody i mean that's part of the ride going up this the september septenary way the fifth part i think is you got to go select an offer and do it oh, yeah. Somewhere, so somewhere anyway somewhere. They, uh, <laughs> there's just all kinds of lies and <laughs> the stuff they 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 it's very it's a credit i mean It's a modern death cult. That's why I titled the book Global Death Cult, because it's global now. That's wild.
0: You know, you did. I think you did mention uh, possibly in your own stuff about the smiley face killers. Didn't you reference to a Crowley thing about the smiley face in the sky or something like that?
1: Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I did. I did in one of my videos. Like, he looked at the cosmos as one big joke, right? And so you see that theme in the Joker killing joke. Comedian and yeah. Watchmen, I even think the so full he... card
0: even shows that the full tarot card, I think, is the same thing. It's just not send a Joker, it's a full, same thing, the fool, right? So,
1: yeah. right? So, the Joker is a kind of an occult, occultist in a lot of ways. And if you see the end of the new, the Joker, he takes the blood and makes the smiley face on his face. So, you see that he also actually, before his first kill, and I include this in the second documentary, before the first kill. He takes his cigar and writes a smiley face on the wall, and then kills the big tall guy in his apartment. If you remember that, so um, oh, it's wow. there. The That's the one with face Joaquin Phoenix. All kinds of stuff. Go look at Go, uh, No Country for Old Men when Chigurch is talking to the old guy whether he's going to kill him or not, and in the background is a smiley face. So the, the whoever did the set designing knew know exactly what they're doing. They know yeah. what they're doing, and you, it's in a Depp movie. They these people know.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's an occult symbol in itself. Sometimes I think it goes to like uh, almost something to do with like the cup or like the Scarlet Horse Cup, something to do with the abyss. Neither um, coming into birth or dying. I definitely think it's, it's something to symbolize that. But I remember you mentioning, I think, Crowley with that with that uh, thing.
1: I, uh, there is something, and I think yeah. it's in the Book of Lies where in his poetry he talks about the, this kind of concept where reality is a big joke. So there's no moral, you know. If you have no morals or something like that, then reality's a big joke. I think that that's what that meant. And you did say in in Fight Club before, right? What's that?
0: I think you mentioned Fight Club earlier, right? That that right. had the uh, smiley face in it.
1: If you go to the so on the actual DVD, when you get you know the loop has a smiley face in it, and then in the film. We can get into Chuck Palniak, which gets. Right. Yeah, yeah, if you can, if you, can, if you want. Uh, but he wrote the book Fight Club. It ends at the very ending of Fight Club, the book, is not the same ending of Fight Club, the movie.
0: Oh, at the end of the Fight
1: Club, the book, he takes a gun and shoots himself in the face. And the last line says, and now he laughed with a bloody smiley face. He literally writes that in the book. It's not in the movie. But during the movie, they're in the kind of cult. Uh, what do you call it? I mean, what well, they're in, not in the fight club, but they're in the building, uh, in the house. You know, it's basically kind of like a, a monastic thing, right? Which is very similar to kind of cold behavior. There's a lot of stuff. You can see, what's the one they take the thumb and put it on their chin? Do you know that, gesture? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. You can see, uh, you can see Brad Pitt do that. But they're watching TV. And there's something there's something on TV and it's about one of their operations that they did to get ahead to get a fight club. And it was the burning down of like the 47th story tower or whatever. And on the side of that tower is the huge smiley face. And then they all laugh. Wow! Do you remember that scene? Vaguely, vaguely. No, uh, it's there.
0: It's kind no, of I, like two thirds you. of
1: the way through the movie.
0: Yeah, no, because uh, somebody had mentioned it. Oh, yeah. and I was so like, that, I thought you mentioned that, that earlier. Somebody had asked the Fight Club also.
1: <laughs> that, that movie's incredible. There was an incredible series of films put out in 1999. End of Days, Fight Club, Ninth Gate, Oh, ninth and Gate. Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Oh, those were all in the same? All 1999. What's that? Wow, all in 1999.
1: Damn. That's a lot of occultism. And they all, they're all full, <laughs> chock full of occult references oh. so at the end of at the end of fight club you see those last two towers go down right so like they're they're hinting at 9 11. wow and those are actually the two towers of they're actually called in the avenue of the stars in la so that's what they're depicting there it's like the avenue of the Star. go look at the top down view of that it's a full-on eye in the triangle it's totally illuminated I mean, it's yeah. the whole thing is crazy. They they knew something was happening. If you watch the sequence where they destroy the Starbucks, that's the spherical Caryatid. That brass ball rolls down the stairs and smashes the the Starbucks. It's it's referencing the Twin Towers. Wow. Because you can go see the Twin Towers at the very center. I don't know if you remember the layout, but at the very center there's that statue of the brass spherical carry-out. And Caryatid is like it references the old. Um, statuaries that held up temples—that's what a Caryatid is. So they're telling you it's a temple, wow. you know. So the the people who are initiated know what's going on, like the Rockefellers who built it, and the, the uninitiated—they have no freaking clue. They just went to work there, tried to make some, sh- you know, Somewhere. scratch out a living. Yeah, yeah. those towers are totally occult cool too. 110 stories, so it's an 11. Broken into three parts, just goes on and on and on. I mean, you you can break that whole thing down. It's really kind of a, you know, Boaz and Jachin, and you're passing through those two, two towers to a new era. So we are in oh, the new yeah. era now. Sure. Like oh so. yeah, And if you if go see. You want to you want to really have a bad day? Go see Michael <laughs> Jordan. Uh, Michael Jackson's The Whiz because it finishes up the uh, the Emerald. Cat- uh, cathedral is the twin towers. You see Michael Jackson dancing around there. I don't know what year that was made, but these they, they knew what was going on. Huh. Oh,
0: now uh, was there anything else you wanted to cover about the smiley face killers? Like, in your opinion, what do you it's think? Still, like, what's your you you still like uh, your hands are still up in the air? You're not exactly sure
1: what it is. No, I think really my conclusion, kind of everything that I deduced, is that there is some type of underground understanding that people talked on some board, chat board or FetLife, that know that this is an MO to be used if they want to kill somebody, because the cops will be confused. They won't look into it. So th- this MO has been passed around. And I think that a hyper majority of these cases for, I mean, they may be killing them for occult reasons, but I think there's also a sexual component and i think that that's that's important that's why they're being kept so i think that those are probably a majority of the cases but you know there's definitely some kind of underground network that's talk in my opinion that's talking about it and then that's why it surfaces in different jurisdictions and locations because that's the it's 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 not i don't think it's i don't think it's uh, i think it, it it's not random that these types of killings rose during the advent of the internet. So somebody uh, has somehow communicated this. Yeah, there you go. There and you that, go. that and through something, whether it's a cult means or in secret chat. But there's there's a really dark S&M sub, subculture. Like, I looked into the video Kink. I think I included that in my first movie, which was a documentary that was on Netflix. Like, there's a sub, like, people, like, the Red Room, the Kink operated, they would do, like... Nasty stuff, but then people would pay to watch, right? So some guy in freaking Singapore would pay 20 bucks to watch it live. Imagine if somebody was like, well, we have something else that's really intense. Like we have something else. If you want to pay a thousand bucks or you want to pay five I actually had a very insightful com- uh, comment from a friend of mine who said, these may be selection process. Dakota James may have been selected in advance in advance for something to happen and somebody flew in and left. And that actually is not outside of the realm of possibility. No, so. Cuz if you look at the, one of the first cases that I mentioned earlier, Joey Labute, do you know what was happening at the time of his disappearance? It was the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, which is like the number 1 or one of the top bodybuilding conventions. So during his di- so somebody comes into town, 10,000 bodybuilders, 15, maybe they have a secret um they're down low. They have a secret yeah. Yeah. homosexual lifestyle that maybe they go like go back and be with their wife and kids, but they're actually bisexual or trisexual or whatever. Yeah. So they go out, so you know, they get find this hapless guy, drug him, and That's it's not outside point. of the realm of possibility. So I've done a lot of speculation, but I think it's I interesting. Do think that, that, did you even said, I mean like
0: uh, I even like with the front when we we kind of covered a little bit of like the Franklin cover up. Depending on like what you want to take as, you know, truth or not, there is some stories in that where supposedly like you know people would legit like flying in and then these kids would just be used for that sp- like almost like renting them out practically. Like could you know I would not put that past like could these some of these things be just like that as well? Like you said, someone just showing up, you know. So I someone went out did the legwork. You paid them. I used them jobs done and then they get rid of it. who the fuck knows it could be something that crazy.
1: Could be that crazy. It literally could be that crazy. If you look at Bonacci, who was one of the main yes. guys, he was taken to DC. That's who I was so that's was, who
0: I was talking about. Yeah, Bonacci. Yeah, Had and it. look at
1: Epstein. So Epstein, hey buddy, you know, you can do whatever you want this island. What's your interest? He's kind of like Willy Wonka. What do you, you know, do you like kids from Haiti? Do oh, you man. want an orgy with ten women. Your wish, oh, we can make it happen. You paid the right money. Nobody knows how he got his money. How much money are you willing to spend? You know, you don't know the yeah. negotiation. None of his, none of the Johns for Epstein ever went to court. They didn't really want to pursue them because it probably would have been a cross section of the elites of the United States. But like we know, Bill Gates had two girls from Sweden. He set him up with two Swedish a mother daughter. That supposedly happened. So what if some of these people have really crazy kinks? Like I want to, you know, do some S and M stuff. Who knows? Uh. I don't know, but I do know that Virginia Giuffre, who just won her suit with Prince Edward said in her biography that Maxwell and Epstein set her aside and said, we want you to have a baby. They took her down to like a remote part of the Island. Said, we want you to have a baby. We'll give you this much money. We'll take the baby. No questions asked. Oh, shit. That's in her biography. Wow. That's in her autobiography. Why? I don't know. Are they setting people up for that? I don't know.
0: I've even wondered, like, if some of these dudes that they're taking, like, are they, like, taking stuff from them as well to use, like, is there something special about them maybe that they were targeted for? Took their sperm (sighs) from them and helped make a kid for some occult reason. This, Have it you could ever read really the so story of the
1: Chinese, uh, that in Ukraine, they were running like baby mills no. for Chinese visitors. No, go read that story. That'll, that'll make you throw up. Just type it into, type into the search engine, Ukraine, baby mill, Chinese. Have you looked into Yao of God? No, he was doing that same thing. He was doing, he had a breeding program. He literally kept these girls pregnant. I think that there's some of them died. I mean, I don't know the full story. It gets freaking dark. Oh
0: yeah. Did you the hear that story about
1: like in, yeah. fi- in the Philippines? This guy was doing that thing with, uh, with kids. Like he was, he was filming it, live streaming it. No. Just the worst kind of torture imaginable. He should wow. have been. He should have been taken right out of the courthouse and put or had a rope put around his neck and hung. They, they he was a monster. He should have been executed. I don't. I forgot the guy's name. But these stories are, they're there. And if you look at like Silk Road, oh. <laughs> there's all kinds of weird stuff going on with Silk Road. So it's an underground, you know, bazaar or marketplace. But there's drugs, there's hitmen, there's uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. So there's a dark web, man. There's an underground, and the, the Smiley Face Killers may have something to do with that. My I think
0: so. I think so. Yeah. Conclusion:
1: This is my conclusion: Is there's tie between the Smiley Face Killings and global communications and travel? Because yeah. they both sprang up around the same time. I mean, there's always been able to travel around the world, but not with the kind of ease that's happened within the last 30 years. And communication.
0: Yeah, I even think with just the communication, like you said earlier, I think it might be just like kind of a – it could be a whole bunch. It could be a single person. It could be groups. It could be tons of people that are just using the same, like, like you said, MR. Right. I really I do know. think that's what it is.
1: Yeah, you know? I don't think it's an individual person. People say, oh, there's a smiley – there's a killer on the loose. There's killers on the loose, yeah, yes. probably working in teams or groups. And I did a lot of research because I was following the kind of homosexual angle. So I talked to McDonough, who inter, who did craft, who killed 100 people in Los Angeles. And McDonough said there's, there's certain instances where he could not have acted alone because the body was thrown out of the car at 50 miles an hour, which means somebody was driving and somebody had to throw a body out of the car. And then also Eiler in the Midwest, her name was Kulerik, she said that Eiler could, she said he could not have operated alone. He had to have had somebody else. They just didn't get busted. So, and these are all homosexual. And they would, uh, the Eiler case is very telling because it was very much maybe like a uh, SFK, modus operandi. They take a body to a remote place, torture him and then kill him and then bury him, like really horrible stuff. And they were pulling him out at kind of gay bars, right? So that's like one of the things you see these guys in the bar culture whether it's a gay bar or not, but, uh, yeah, I think that it's the MO. I think people have learned the MO and they, some people have instituted it and that's why, and it's worked. I got to tell you, I mean, yeah, the, a lot of these cases, there isn't very, there's, there isn't one I can think of that was solved.
0: So that's, that
1: should scare the crap out of you. If you go out into bars and stuff like that, and you're young and you fit that profile, they're all almost all skinny. If you look yes, at them, there's nobody yes, fat. Yeah, you're right. But Gilbertson has made that conclusion too. They're all it's the like same type of went, body type. Yeah. So Gilbertson and Gannon went on Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz when the Oxygen series came series came out. So I suggest people check those those interviews as well. But the like Gilbertson showed the BMI and the graph on Dr. Phil and said most of the victims I've looked at are you know here they're all in that same kind of you know, skinny, whatever, body type.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were all, like, very much of uh, the same type.
1: Yeah, so here's this guy, Jonas, says, the pros having sex with dudes for money is not a secret in the bodybuilding. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm going to screenshot that. So, you know, that ties into, that's just another fact that ties into this whole thing. Nah, like, that's funny. Why Why didn't Why didn't uh, Joey LeBue get fixed? Get solved, and I interviewed. Who did I talk to? I talked to like one of the biggest podcasts in the world, which is True Crime Garage. So I talked to them about. Oh wow, the because they're in Columbus, so they were actually <laughs> they're actually nice enough to invite. This is just the funniest side, but they were nice enough to have me on their show after I called them. True crime garbage. Oh, what? <laughs> because of, because of their coverage of the West Memphis Three. Oh, with oh, they it's a credit to him. It's actually yeah. does make me look good for me.
0: <laughs> not being very nice. Yeah, but do you uh, did? They... Well, I mean, I'm never going to ask how they covered it. Um, well, wh- wh- fuck. I was just going to say something, and I totally forgot. So there's a
1: lot there. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. cases. A lot of it hasn't been properly published. Oh, you know what I think the
0: problem is, too, is if they were to come out and say, you know what, there might be something behind these things. That's like, that might be too scary that they don't even want to come out and say that.
1: Very well said. (laughs) I've actually had a couple. I've done different interviews. I did one with Derek Derek Gilbert, which we can talk about. Uh, But I did an interview with Derek Gilbert, and Derek said, it's like the Jaws, uh, you know, thing. You don't want to panic the public. So there's an incentive of these groups. I've had a couple people do that. I had an ex-FBI agent tell me that, too. Uh, they don't want to panic the public. And so a lot of these colleges, they have to tell their, you know, parents that their their kids are safe there, even though they may not be. Oh, even some of these colleges. What was the name of the city in Jaws where they were like, we don't want to panic the public? The uh, yeah. what was it? it wasn't Amityville, was it? Was it Amity? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they have They, they have did that say that. I remember of,
0: that. Yeah, they didn't want to say anything because they were worried to panic the public. You're right, yeah. And I think that's the same thing with this shit, too, as well. I'm sure they just were like, if we were to admit that this could possibly be something, it would scare a lot of people. Especially nowadays.
1: (laughs) No, it's really fascinating. I, I wish I would have saved this video, but it was of the district attorney of Pittsburgh. Somebody was asking him about Dakota James, and he said it was an accidental drowning. Done. Like He didn't even go, well, it could be up in the air or anything. He already had his conclusion, and he was done. And there's uh, somebody also told me there's an incentive within police departments to clear cases. They don't want to have open cases because it makes their stats look bad. So if you can just say somebody's an accidental drowning, you don't have to waste hours or inquiries or do anything. So a lot of these guys, like the standard police procedure on a missing person or a death doesn't take place. So nobody goes out and, you know, they call it the first 24 hours is when you really find out about deaths and murders right or homicides you get all that information but that's not happening so this mo it kind of prevents that because it confuse it doesn't confuse the cops but they're incentivized to just say it's an accident it's not a matter of criminal investigation i think so all right so i mean uh you think that's a do you have anything else you
0: want to leave us with on the smiley face I mean, I've here.
1: done so many different shows. I've done a lot of SFK shows, and you can find them all on my podcast, which is William Ramsey Investigates, and my movies are available on my Vimeo for five bucks. I got five documentaries there, so you can see the two ones. It's really way too long. <laughs> I want three and a half hours, but I think that it's a it's kind of in a very subset of a subset where most people would not think that this kind of stuff happens. Like there's a deep uh, cult and a kind of a, it's an underground, you know, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's a really, and it's a place where a lot of that's not publicized. Like people don't go and talk about it. Like they talk about their cooking recipes or, (laughs) you know, sports. So I spent a lot of time on that. And I think it gives you an idea of how broad the, the, the really the phenomenon is. And you, people need to be careful. Women are very careful at bars. They don't, they're with friends. They don't have mixed drinks. They don't leave their drink. They do all these things that men don't do because they don't think they're victims.
0: That's, that's a, very a, well. kids, a very good point.
1: Yeah, a lot of these kids would be alive today if they just took a little, or a little bit more cautious. Cause they, that's uh, how it is. Like you just see them getting set up out of bars or drugged. And a lot of them just make decisions that it makes me think they're, lot of more drug like they were targeted yeah yeah like so, they made decisions that um, weren't weren't normal yeah, for them be, it's and we're in such a uh, the whole culture to me is very corrupt and so i think that this sfk and the allowance of this to take place without having a lot of like tasks an fbi task forces is, is really a shame so
0: yeah well, i can agree with that as well uh, yeah, and I highly suggest actually anybody who's listening now or listening eventually to this show uh, to definitely go check out his stuff on the Smiley Face Killers. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, I'm sure he talks a lot more uh, descriptive than he just did in, on the show with with me because uh, I know you covered. You have a couple episodes on them, don't you? Like I'm sure I've li- listened to. Like you have you have an extensive my, amount of on stuff my podcast? on Yeah, oh, you have an yeah, extensive amount of work on them. And
1: I did a yeah. lot. I did the like when they had the there's a the sequence in my podcast or broadcast. That has the Dakota James press conference that features Cyril Wacht and Gannon. So you have these kind of big figures in this whole, you know, research community. So they're there with the family of Dakota James. So you can listen to that. And there's just so much information, so yeah. many, so many cases, and it's happening again. Like I said, it picked up after COVID ended. Chicago right now is a hotspot, so you got to really be careful. Well, for
0: this uh, for this subject, I honestly. Totally honest with you. I mean, except for stuff that you might see on TV, I think when it comes to podcasting or somebody like us, uh, anybody listening, I actually think Ramsey probably is the best who has the most coverage on this stuff, unless you want to start watching shit on TV. So I highly suggest you, if you're interested in the Smiley Face Killers, he has a ton of crap on them. Definitely go check it out. I highly suggest it. I think it's some of the best best uh, work done. And that's why I wanted to have him on and talk Thanks. about it. Uh, so, William, thank you again for coming on. Always great talking to you. It's always a pleasure. Um, it's amazing that, like I said, I, I listened to you years ago in my head, and now I'm actually having a conversation with you. So, well, it's, I, it's... Just posted,
1: I just posted one of my old interviews I did with Vinny Eastwood in 2012, and was, we are laughing it up. He's super funny. There's a part where we start laughing for like 60 seconds. So people yeah, can check, check that, that out. Nice. Uh, that was like one of my earliest interviews where I was talking about profit of evil, but uh, it's always great to talk with you. Thanks for having
0: yeah, me. Yeah, no, thank you. And uh, yeah, I think your show notes are in the bottom. If not, I've already saved them and your notes will be in the bottom. Uh, yeah. My, my show is in the bottom, the occult rejects. And uh, thank you again, William. Uh, highly suggest, like I said, everybody go check his stuff out and uh, until the next one, everybody be well. Later.